Welcome to the Photo Op Podcast, show where we talk about all things photo and video. No, this is not NPR, even though I've got sweet, sweet sounds. <laughs> so I'm your host, Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is Photo Op. It so, is. Today, today, someone is wrong on the internet. I, I had to start us with the sweet, sweet sounds because we're going to be yelling at you for the rest <laughs> of the episode. Okay. Well, not yelling at you. We're going to be yelling at somebody that oh, we disagree with. God, dear Lord. Okay, very so significantly. Um, we're not going to call this person out, but it's a public article, so it's not that hard to find. Here it is right here. This is the article. It's on the screen. Uh, but yeah, reasons why beginners should avoid entry-level cameras. Um, they should really F this article and stop <laughs> producing BS like this. Oh, dear. We got to go for the cheap shots right away. We, we, we do. Absolutely. Uh, seriously. Um, you know who you are. Take a look at your staff, analyze the content, maybe have a critical eye when you're thinking about the stuff that they put out because this article is complete bullshit actually i don't know or, or like does f-stoppers just like let anybody write for them is that why no because i applied and they didn't hire me so oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so no apparently they won't let just anyone do it i'm not old enough or white enough your opinions aren't bad enough Oh, that, oh, there we go. There we go. All right. No, no, no. So this article is terrible. We are legit going to break down that we're not we're not expecting you to link uh, read it. No. We're not even going to link it. We're no. just going to break down some of the arguments that this article makes and tell you why they're bad. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. deserve any more advertising traffic than they already have. This is just terrible. All right. So reasons why beginners should avoid entry-level cameras. Would you like to start us off today? Uh, sure. Do I really want to? <laughs> All right, I'll start us off today. Okay, so so the the first thing that they said is you sh- shouldn't spend any serious money until you know you're going to stick with photography. Was that was that your thing, or is that what they said? No, that's not what they said. That's what, what they I said. Sa- that's what you said. Yeah. What did they say? Uh, they said, well, th- th- we're going to bounce around a little bit because we're just so mad that we're, <laughs> we can't yeah, keep this cohesive. This is, but, uh... but um, the 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 point of a lot of this was that like you you should spend money right away you should spend money on good tools you should spend money on something that you should grow into and my my response to a lot of this just right out of the gate a lot of these arguments is don't or if you're just getting into photography you're that that's probably the person that's shopping for an entry level camera is somebody who's, that's just getting into photography if you're just getting into photography it's uh, almost like honest. entry level means no prior experience. Yeah, let's, wink, wink, w- employers. Let's be honest. You may not know if you're going to stick with photography long term. And if it's not for you, that's okay. So don't spend $6,000 on a body <laughs> on a hobby that you might not continue to pursue or career path. Like that, that is just like my, my response to all of these in one shot out of the gate yeah, is absolutely. please. Do not spend serious money until you know you're going to stick with it. Once once you know you're going to stick with it, spend as much money as you want. You know, do what we have and spend spend way too much money all the time. Oh, dear Lord. But, I have spent way too much money. But at least we know that we're into it. <laughs> Don't do that until yeah, you know. Yeah, I've been a full-time photographer for 10 years. Let me tell you, every time someone gets jealous of my photography setup and walks up to me and goes, wow, so what stuff are, are you using so that you can, uh, so that I can buy the same thing? The first thing I tell them before I tell them what any of my stuff is is this didn't happen overnight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that's really important you can't just walk into a thing and be like oh he's got eighty thousand dollars worth of gear that's what i need no you don't 
I've accumulated all of this junk yeah. over 10 years of a and, career. And also that gear is oriented specifically toward the work that you do and Correct. that you like to do. If somebody else buys that same set of gear, they might decide, oh, wait, I actually don't want to do this style of photography. I don't want to do this, you know, go after this market. You don't you don't want to pigeonhole yourself too early. Buy, buying entry level is totally fine if you're an entry level person because you don't know what you need yet. So you might you as well know use something that's very general very straightforward and most importantly relatively inexpensive so that you don't get yourself into financial trouble over something that you might not continue doing uh so i don't know uh we're not definitely not linking to this article and i can't remember all the different useful uh ones that we have done Mm -hmm. but uh stewart make a note that you're gonna make a list for all of the entry level kind of things where we talk about what kind of camera you should buy or Mm -hmm. entry level type stuff and we're gonna link all of those down in the description for you so that uh if you're a person who Who's looking for an entry level camera? You can get a good entry level camera. We're not telling you to go out and buy a six thousand dollars Sony. This is no, as much I mean, as we would like. I would to like have one of those six thousand dollars Sony. <laughs> and I would like if you have those. the money to drop on one of those, maybe add two to cart and send one to us, please and thank you. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, no. So let's let's kill uh, uh, t- two two headlines with one stone here. Yeah. His first subheadline and his last subheadline say exactly the same thing. It annoys me. Okay. So uh, the first one is the best camera is not necessarily the one you have with you. Um. Okay. Well, but the one you don't yeah. have with you can't take the shot. So yeah. I would argue that speaking of fancy cameras, I'd argue that the Sony Alpha One is the best camera in many ways. I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> All right. And so there's some better camera that I don't own out on the shelf somewhere. And then, and then okay. later down in the article, the last sub headline is your smartphone. Is your smartphone's camera good enough for what you need? No, that's not what we're arguing about today. They're we're not, not the same thing. Smartphones are not entry level cameras. No, we're not arguing about your your crappy Samsung Android. Yep. We're not even arguing about your really nice thousand dollar iPhone. Neither of these compare so so what they're saying here is like so if you're a wildlife photographer and you see this really nice bird out in a tree you're gonna pull out your iphone and that's not good enough no one's talking about iphones no one's like hey i'm gonna be a wildlife photographer Mm -hmm. with an iphone this is a ridiculous statement to make we're not talking about a phone versus a full sensor dslr Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. we're talking about is a 500 dollars dslr versus a five thousand dollar dslr and guess what there's not a lot of difference no no in fact i know wildlife photographers that prefer lower end cameras that have crop sensors because that gets them an extra 1.3 to 1.6 zoom yep yep (laughs) it's true it's true one one of his points you know as as you just said the difference between a 500 dollar and five thousand dollar camera is is not particularly significant well he disagrees with that he believes that professional cameras offer more space in his terms to grow into Okay, so so here's here's the deal with this, okay? Um, I also just remembered my dad called me asking for camera advice. I'll call you back as soon as we're done recording, Dad. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so my dad, uh, you know, love him, seventy something, and uh, has no idea how to use a camera. Um, but he would get absolutely nothing out of my fancy multi-thousand dollar cameras. Mm-hmm. So when he said, "Hey, I need a really nice camera to be able to," work on the project that he's doing right now guess where i pointed him towards i pointed him towards the 500 hundred dollar camera that i'm recording this podcast on right now the lumix 
G85. G85. Thank you. Like, that's all you need. Yeah. And it is fancier than anything he has because he doesn't have one. And guess what? It can do everything he needs. Mm-hmm. And really, for the most part, entry-level cameras and professional-level cameras do the same stuff. Like, genuinely, they have feature parity. Professional-level cameras are more about chasing increasingly small margins of in better performance. And they are about functionality. Functionality-wise... They pretty much all do the same things nowadays, they, they, and it's just performance. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's so just like, oh, the low light on this one is 1% plus, better. 10-plus years ago, I've told this story so many times on this podcast, but 10-plus years ago, I had a Canon Rebel. Well, that Canon Rebel couldn't go above 800 ISO. Mm-hmm. It shot 12 um, megapixels. It shot three frames per second. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot a wedding on that wasn't good, but I did it. And I realized, hey, these are the limitations I need. I don't necessarily need more frames per second, although that would be nice. Mm-hmm. What I really need is better autofocus, better low light. Um, I more, more megapixels so that I can print ginormous um, art wall prints that I want to sell my clients, even though that was a lesser concern. So the one that I got, okay, it's 21 megapixels instead of 12 megapixels. It can do, you know, nine frames per second instead of three frames per second. The autofocus is amazing. The ISO instead of 800 is like 120,000 something ridiculous, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's like, but you also had the experience with that entry level camera to know what you wanted to shop that's for in another exactly camera. Exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. What if you had bought instead? What if you had started by buying like the 50, 50 megapixel 5D, whatever those are, 5DR or something, and you had something totally wrong for your use case, and then you were frustrated and you spent all this money? Actually, right? you've mentioned this on the podcast too. Yeah. I actually had a friend that said, I hate my 5DS. I'm like, why do oh, you 5DS. hate the 5DS? Mm-hmm. I own that camera. It's amazing. And he's like, yeah, I shot a wedding with it. And it was garbage. I'm like, that's because it's not a wedding camera. <laughs> that is a in-studio yeah. like product photography camera. You're using the wrong tool, bro. But the th- you're absolutely right. I had to use an entry-level camera so that I knew, like, I knew I can't afford a uh, $100,000 camera that can do it all amazingly. Yeah, yeah. But what did I need? Well, these are the things that I knew my camera was holding me back on. So when I'm investing in the next mm-hmm. one, these are the things yeah. I'm looking for. And I spent $3,000, not ten. Yep, yep. The, the entry-level camera was an investment in guidance and, like, path forward. It's, it wasn't just a waste of money. Yeah. So uh, one of the other things that he means uh, that he said is entry level is cheap garbage. And the thing that we're he paraphrasing, used, but basically, <laughs> uh, nah, am I close. paraphrasing though? <laughs> so the example that this writer used is that if you have a guitar and it hurts your fingers to strum it because the strings aren't right and the neck is bending, then like you can't play that guitar. Just get a really expensive guitar. We're not saying get a broken camera. Entry level doesn't mean broken. Entry level doesn't mean bad. No. And entry level means, in many cases, better than even, like, pro gear of, like, three to five years ago. So, I (laughs) still shoot on a 5D Mark III, which is aging very fast uh <laughs> and i recently found this out because i am uh volunteering as the lead staff photographer for a uh event and the two photographers under me have brand new canon rebels that are 2019 canon rebels mm-hmm. and they're better than my 5d mark three but they're entry level so they must be garbage but they're entry level so they must be hot garbage and these people have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about 
Come on, bro. What are you even saying right now? This is ridiculous. Your arguments are ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm really just not sure where the where he's finding. Like, I would like to know. It, the the unfortunate thing about this article is he doesn't provide examples, probably because they don't exist. But I would love. <laughs> wait, 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 no, 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 you can't just gloss by that. Because you, thank you so much for listening. That is our episode. No, seriously, they don't exist. They don't exist. No, no. Seriously, I, I, I wish that I had seen one example of this like garbage entry level camera that he's talking about. Because truly, thinking about the entry level cameras from Nikon, Canon, Sony, whoever, I can't think of one that is truly like well, unusable well, Stuart, garbage. If you look at his profile picture, he's like a hundred years old, and he well, said he started photography when he was seven. So you know he was using like lithograph large plate <laughs> with with the shroud over his head so hey that's real professional level gear <laughs> yeah bro if you're but not yeah. even shooting eight by ten large format what are you even and, doing and, and these these coming if you want to look at it very cynically these companies aren't incentivized to make garbage at the low end if nikon sells you a gar- a garbage entry-level camera you're gonna switch brands yeah you're gonna be like screw this nikon makes crap right what they want you to do is they want to make an amazing low-end entry-level camera yeah. so that way you buy ten thousand dollars worth of lenses exactly. and then when you need to upgrade you're not jumping ship to sony you're sticking, no, you're sticking with, nikon. with that camera yeah so I, genuinely i don't know where these garbage entry-level cameras are because it would have to be broken. It would have to be like a broken entry-level camera, which is not the brand's fault. It's not the fact that it's positioned as an entry-level camera. I don't know where uh, these exist. Gosh, yeah. So like, one of, where do you buy a $100 DSLR? You don't. You don't. They don't exist. <laughs> so so even 10 years ago, my DSLR was 500 bucks, and I, you're very hard-pressed to get a good camera for under 500 Yeah. But the, what's the difference between a $500, uh, $500 camera and a $5,000 camera? Not much. Not much. Not much. I, I would... Uh, I, pre-episode, we were having a little bit of a conversation. And, and the stat that I came up... Now, I made this up. But in my opinion, a $500 camera and a $5,000 camera have about 90% crossover. You're only chasing the last like 10% of performance yeah. in pro-level gear. Absolutely. And uh, in fact, we were talking about what's the difference between this $500 Lumix camera and my many thousand dollar Canon camera. And uh, the first thing that I was taught, he's like, is there, so one of the, <laughs> I, I'm getting so distracted because we're so <laughs> mad about this. So one of the other things that this guy said is, uh, and I'm not paraphrasing. This is a direct <laughs> quote. Stick with us. It's stupid. Okay. If someone has the intelligence to get their head around the exposure triangle, then there's nothing on a flagship camera they won't learn to use. Yeah, there's nothing on an entry-level yeah. camera they won't learn to use either. And then Stuart and I were sitting here scratching our heads and be like, okay, but what is on an... Uh, what, what is, what's the difference? And, and I'm yeah. just sitting here going like, there's nothing. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. Flagship cameras, they have better sensors, better autofocus, better mm-hmm. processors, more expensive electronics, just better yeah, yeah. systems, is stuff put into them. Yeah. Um, but the stuff they can like do... And they're like weather-sealed, you know? Yeah. But like, what's... What, what, that's all just like software if yeah. you will yeah like what is actually like the physically difference? different what features do they have that a low-end camera has what is actually different and i started listing off all the things that are different i'm like well 
um, the scroll wheel on my Canon is slightly more comfortable on the back, and also I can I can thumb it around versus on the Lumix. It has a scroll wheel, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. it's kind of in a weird position, and I kind of like this motion better. Also, my Canon has a joystick versus those ones just have toggle buttons. It also has yep. a lock so that I don't accidentally scroll when I press it to my face. You know, and then Stuart's like, so it's like more ergonomic. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to use. It's easier to use. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I also have three different channels that I can save settings to. So when I'm shooting a wedding, I have an indoor setting and outdoor setting. Well, rather outdoor sun and outdoor shade setting. Um, at the beginning of a wedding day, I just kind of save those to my camera. And then I'm just kind of flipping yep. through those three camera settings. So literally, it's easy to use, easier to use the professional gear. Yeah. And, and it that, doesn't have fancy features. And if only like that actually would have been a legitimate argument in this article that I would not have had a good response to. If he said, if he had said buy professional level cameras because they're, they are, they have more features they are easier to use. You know, they they have the, uh, you can save different memory slot settings and whatever. Like I'd be like, Oh yeah, actually Dual fair memory enough. card slots yeah. for backing. I, up. I'd be like, Oh, fair enough. Like that's actually a legitimate reason to spend more money on a camera. But no, no, no. but no, he didn't. Th- that's not in this article. <laughs> he didn't. No, it's not. Like, dude, you were so close. You were oh, this close so to a good close. argument, and you let it just fly out the window. By well, if you understand the exposure triangle, you're a unique genius that can understand any camera feature. <laughs> like, oh, let's be let's be honest. Lord. The exposure triangle isn't that difficult to understand. It's like, not. <laughs> um, I have a very quick two minute video that I will also link. <laughs> so screw you. Not not you, listener. We love you. I mean, I mean the yeah. guy who wrote this article, right? All right. Here's here's <sighs> here's something that I came up with again as sort of an overall response to this stuff. Like growing out of an entry level camera. Like this is the this he keeps kind of through multiple points here. He keeps saying like growing out of an entry level camera is bad. Like eventually buying professional like buying an entry level and then buying professional gear is bad. No, no, wrong. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Why do you disagree, Stuart? Well, you grew. Absolutely. Why is growing bad? What? Why do you have to? You can't just in, instantly you, start at the top end your, level. I, I have a question. Why sir. is growing bad? When, when when you had a kid, did you buy your toddler adult jeans? Yeah. <laughs> no. You bought them jeans that fit them, and when they grew out of them, they get new jeans. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Growth is good. <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. And and the last one that we'll touch on here for this article is uh, not everyone can afford top end cameras. Yeah, neither can we. Yep. We've been doing this for ten years and we can't afford top end cameras. But he's like, okay, but all the really famous people, like they don't even mention what camera they use. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Well, well, and he even like name drops Ansel Adams as like not mentioning what camera they use. Dude, he did not use this a Sony Alpha One. <laughs> <laughs> This is so ridiculous. You know what else they they don't name drop because they they know it doesn't matter. And do you know why they use the highest end, most expensive stuff? Because their clients are paying them a hundred thousand dollar plus, and they can afford a yeah. Hasselblad. Yeah, like duh. But you know what also else doesn't can- matter? There's so many professionals that shoot with lower end stuff occasionally and have published good work that's respected. Like, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. And they don't talk about it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I shot a billboard for the side of a bus for a jewelry company on a 5D Mark III. So suck it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Ran um, over. Ran over. <laughs> Cheers. Bottom up. <laughs> Entry-level cameras are not bad. Please, if you're starting out, do not 
fall into the hype around pro level gear start with something reasonable start with something i guarantee you'll be able to do a tremendous amount of growth in it don't blow your paycheck on something that you're unsure about and don't know what direction you should go in please do not and if you're an editor for a photography blog company do better (laughs) okay thank you goodbye leave it at that If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.